0: Welcome, this is the Dangerous Men Podcast. My name is Lowell Seashore, and today I have Spencer and Christian with me. They both have been through the Dangerous Men curriculum and have taught groups. We're going to talk about what it's meant to them and some other concepts, especially about how to take thoughts captive. Spencer, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: My name is Spencer. I am about 22. About just about, Are yeah. You sure. No. Well, I am twenty, but see, I turned twenty two on my birthday, but now it's been like, on your more than, birthday, more than ninety. Holy months. cow. So, so you're really st- closer to twenty three. That's <laughs> you're why you're still twenty two. I am still. I went to high school, and that's where I got involved with Dangerous Men when I was in eleventh grade, and initially was a part of two groups, and then led on my third round through, and then have led a number of groups since then. What's a number? Probably four or five. Wow. After graduating high school, I went to YWAM, and I spent some time in Kansas City where I did some Bible school and uh, continued to do some Dangerous Men stuff there, and now I'm back in Minnesota.
0: All right. Christian, All tell right. us about you.
2: I am 19. I'm a sophomore in did college. Did you turn
0: 19 on your birthday?
2: I did. Funnily oh. enough, I did. All right. Uh, first started with Dangerous Men my sophomore year. Went through... In his, high school? Yes. Sophomore year of high school. Went through two groups and then started leading groups my junior year. I led two groups that year with a couple other friends. Like I said, I'm now in college down in Chicago, going to DePaul. So
0: the first question I have for you is tell me about your experience with Dangerous Men and what you learned from it.
2: For
1: me, Dangerous Men really taught me the gospel and it taught me that there was a way to access God. And before that, God was a distant idea. And I knew that he was real, but I had no access to him. I had no relationship But you grew up in him. a Christian home, right? I grew up in a Christian home and went to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I was as good as it come. I was the poster boy of the youth group.
0: The good Christian boy.
1: Exactly. But it wasn't, it, none of it was real to me. But Dangerous Men taught me that a relationship with God could be deeply personal. It gave me the tools that I needed to deal with lust, which was just right in my face, of course, all the time. And that's the thing that gave me the most shame. But then after Dangerous Men, being around the same guys and growing, you know, after the initial uh, change, being able to see how God can transform my entire life, not just my, not just bound to a lustful category, but that God is the God of my whole life. And so how, he's going to teach me how I'm supposed to relate in school, how I'm supposed to relate with money and all this stuff. And so it really gave me the foundation to become a wholesome Christian. Holistic. Yeah,
0: because yeah. we're all very holistic people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: we're all, it's not just spiritual, we're emotional, mental, mm-hmm. physical, and we have to deal with all parts of our lives.
1: Yeah, and I think before that, I there was a separation where I wanted God, but there was such a, separ- a distinction between church and school, or church and the rest of my life. And yeah. so I'd act one way at church, and I it, I it was genuine. It wasn't me trying to put on a face. It was that I genuinely wanted God, but then go home and I'd forget. I didn't know how to take the genuine hunger for God into any other aspect of my life. Yeah. And so I lived one way in church and in, in that I wanted God and,
2: and I would live normally in every other aspect of life. Christian. Similar to Spencer. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household. We actually went to the uh, same school for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, really it was more of a, it kind of like that typical deity figure where it's not really that close to you yeah it's just super far removed and i lived like that probably up until like dangerous men went to bible studies on wednesdays but that was mainly just for the social aspect going through the motions but it really taught me how to fight spiritually and introduced me to the concepts of like spiritual warfare and all that and knowing that he's always here with me and that his the holy spirit gives me the strength and peace and joy that i truly need in order to Just feel satisfied in life.
0: We're going to talk about renewing your mind. So that's a a concept in scripture, but we don't always know how to do it. That's what dangerous men did in a way is make everything more practical. So you could actually know how to take every thought cap, how to do that kind of thing. So let's hear what you learned about that.
1: Renewing my mind, it, it started out, like I mentioned, that it started out within the category that dangerous men was primarily focused, which was lust. And so for the first time, I felt that the way that I saw women and I saw my sexuality, that I was able to see the way that God intended me to interact with, with women. And, and he gave me, I guess, I don't know what the word would be, my my worldview on, on that category. And so that was completely new. I had never grown up knowing or caring that there's a way that God desires that I act according to my sexuality and according to the way he made me. And so he gave me that, but then, you know, the renewing of the mind, it went on to become much more than that throughout time. So that it started with the sexuality, but then as we kept going and I was very blessed to be surrounded by such a great group of guys that we all went forward together, we were all able to kind of, as we're reading the Bible and learning more about God, we're able to see what he says about different aspects of life, like I mentioned. And so the renewing my mind, it started out with, with lust and, yeah, taking thoughts captive. You know, I see something, I'm like, okay, Jesus, I renounce this in the name of Jesus. Then as time went on, I— and well,
0: Go into the, the truth and life thing a little bit.
1: And as time went on, I, and I began to read the Bible. I began to see the, the story of the people um, in the Bible and how they were transformed, especially in the New Testament, you know. And I got so into the Old Testament because I saw the futility— of trying to follow God without having a renewed mind and without the Holy Spirit to help. And that's why to this day, the Old Testament is my favorite, because it it shows the drastic distinction of not having the power that that Christ brought and that the Holy Spirit gives us. But when we do have the Holy Spirit and rely off off of him and we we are intentional to have a relationship and to obey, like what Paul says in Titus, you know, they're there's the renewal of the of the the whole being, and, and there's a new creation that that we have access to, and that's something that was completely foreign to me until I got in dangerous men, and then. Okay,
0: Christian, uh, about renewing your mind or taking thoughts captive, how do you actually do that?
2: What I learned was that I became a lot better at deciphering just truths and lies that you know occur in everyday life, like with specifically with lust. So the pleasure. That I feel from giving in to my lustful desires is infinitely smaller than the satisfaction and overall gratification that I feel from just living fully submitted to God. So just running off of what I just mentioned, like a lot of the times there's just that lingering thought that, you know, whatever, you know, I can masturbate this one time, it'll feel really good. And then, you know, the evil one just gets in there and mentions, just keeps on circulating, you know, I need this, I need this. I mean, obviously the lie in that is that that momentary satisfaction will sustain you and you won't feel shameful coming out on the other side. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that the satisfaction I feel from just fulfilling my lustful desires is greater than the satisfaction I receive from staying submitted to you. And I accept the truth that you will always be more than enough for me, Lord. And that anything that you have for me is infinitely greater than what this world has to offer.
0: And you say that out loud. Yes. Yeah, and that, that's pretty cool right there. I like that.
2: And taking that to a
1: even a, a larger um, perspective would be, say, you know, Lord, I renounce the lie that women are here to um, appease my lustful desires. And I accept the truth that you have made me for woman to treat her and and to protect her and stuff you know and so it's i really like the truth and lie statements because it gets to the heart of the way that god sees something and the way that we as humans have twisted it yeah and so i really like the truth and lie statements to get back on track with god
0: i read somewhere it said do you know the truth and the truth will set you free
1: i think that's john eight or something oh that's the bible i think so
0: yeah something like that yeah but in order to know the truth you have to actually read scripture and know what it says.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, way back in the book of Genesis, the first couple chapters have so much to say about the way that God has created things. And the more that we see in our culture, those things that we could easily take for granted that are being undone, you know, about, about what is man created for and about what is man versus what is woman. As these things are undone, a Christian is able to easily see, oh, this is – here's a lie that has crept into our culture's mind. And so I think for guys that are leading groups, dangerous men groups, increasingly being reliant and understanding what what a true Christian worldview is and all these different topics is going to be of great, um,
2: drastic influence to a lot of people. Yeah.
0: So Christian, you are saying earlier about uh, some of your friends that have kind of gone off the tracks.
2: Yeah, I mean I think – like having those previous strongholds that were there that you just create over a period of time that the evil one's able to kind of drag you back onto his side. You know, like,
0: like, give me an example. Of what? It was.
2: Um, so, like, for one who would be like drinking, partying in high school, and then engaging in all those sexual behaviors that the evil one can like get at you through those different facets and aspects.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of draw you back.
2: Yep. Yep, just always kind of gets you drawn back off of God's track and off the track that He has for you, just back into that like
0: dark place. Do you feel like after you've kind of been through something like this that you feel more attacks, more uh, pull into sin?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's
0: more attack. I, I said that wrong. It really more attacks, but less pull into sin.
2: I'd say like the severity of the attacks. Uh so just to kinda unpack that, like since we are warriors for Christ, if you are relating this to like soccer, for example, I'm playing like a rather weak team. You're not gonna go all out against them. You'll just at least from my past experiences, you'll do enough to, you know, win four or five nil, but you're not gonna go and just slaughter them. You're not gonna give your full effort. However, against a more dangerous team, or in this case, a more dangerous warrior for Christ, you're going to really try to hammer them as much as you can and try to break them.
0: And that's what you think the evil one does. Yes. Yeah. I think so too.
1: It's hard to know because before I became dangerous, it was maybe not as many attacks, but he didn't need to attack me because I was already living in sin. Yeah. You know? And, And I'm
0: really talking dangerous for the kingdom of God.
1: Yeah. And so... Afterward, like the attacks nowadays, sometimes they're strong, but a lot of times it's just, it's easy to say no because I've tasted and seen what the goodness of God is.
0: How about your friends who kind of went back into the old? You know, life? You know
1: that's, that's the thing I've, I've put a fair amount of thoughts into. You know, there was one time, and I was in YWM, so I'm with a whole bunch of people that are training to be missionaries. Some of them want to be missionaries for the rest of their lives. One time we were out, and something just, just snapped in all of them, and I was out with with uh, three other guys. Something snapped, and all three of them, like, were just uh, obsessed with trying to get weed that night. And I remember like thinking, like, wow, that's so interesting because you know some of these guys had been through treatments and they had been clean for years. In one night, you know, a trigger snaps for one of them, and then it it snaps for the other guys too. And for me, like, they were trying to get me to smoke weed, too. And I was like, you know, I never did. It was very easy for me to say no. I was like, take me home right now. I don't want any part of this. But for them, it, it was so overwhelming. I think that it's what Christian was saying about these, these old patterns and these old these old tracks that people have laid. And so they are so used to it. And so one thing happened, and I think it was specifically with one guy, and then that kind of influenced the others. And so then they all went back and they were all on this old path. And I think maybe part of the problem was that though they became a Christian and they start there, they forgot those old tracks. They were no longer smoking weed. They were no longer drinking. They were no longer doing a whole lot of stuff, but maybe within the body of Christ, they weren't laying new tracks. They weren't, they weren't laying godly tracks. They were not daily you know praying they weren't walking with god as as much as I, I think they could have and so when push came to shove it's kind of like the parable of the sower where the thorns grow up you know and and, and so or when push comes to shove it was like they'd rather go back to their old way of life they didn't have enough security in god they didn't they didn't uh they didn't cling to him right away i think there's something there i, I it, it's different with everyone but christian what do you think about the guys that you've scene.
2: yeah i mean i think definitely being fully engaged in dangerous man is huge instead of just living passively and going through the motions of it all actually engaging with the material and then you know trying to live that out on my daily life made a huge difference just going forward being fully able to understand what the evil one will throw at me and then just practicing the truth and the lie statements all of that is paramount if you want to succeed long term
0: and stand accountable with a fighting partner.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's very important. That's something that I've been very fortunate to have a fighting partner whole, you know, 5 6 years. That is like Christian said paramount because without that there's always someone pushing me to go forward not only in the category of lust, but he's pushing me to go forward in my entire Christian walk. And so as I see him growing in God and he's, he's growing up and maturing and making choices to follow God, I'm going to make those same choices. When I'm strong, I pull him along and when I have a moment of weakness, he pulls me along. So that's been very influential for me.
0: Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. What's your final thoughts?
1: I think it's a real tragedy when a guy goes through dangerous men, but it becomes only about lust, lust, lust. And the whole their whole relating to God is only, oh, God doesn't want me to watch porn, you know, and and they aren't able to further their relationship with them and aren't able to grow outside of the fact that they have a relationship with God.
0: Yeah, because all the principles in the curriculum are for every kind of yeah, sin, really. Exactly. I, mean, I stole them right out of the Bible, so Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes me look smart.
1: Yeah. And so I think it's a real tragedy. Some guys burn out after doing dangerous men because their whole christian walk was relegated to just the category
2: of lust and porn
0: how about um new guys who have not dealt with these issues at all what do you have to say to them
2: do nothing through your own devices i mean if you try the old white knuckle approach and try to hold out on everything you're eventually going to give in because be alone you are weak but with god he will fulfill you Just with whatever you need. And
0: especially if you don't confess and get rid of all the sin and the strongholds. Yeah. Okay, I want to close with Spencer's favorite quote from Jordan Peterson.
1: I believe in God because I can see the fruit of those who don't. And he was relating that specifically to all of the tragedies that have occurred because of people that are godless and they have no sense yeah. of morality
0: that's a great quote thanks for listening go to dangerousmenunited.org where you can purchase the book which is a small group curriculum and there's a lot of other resources on the website and don't forget be a man to men, a warrior to demons and always god's boy